Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Today is my last message on this opening uh, series of the year that we are calling the year of signs and wonders. We clearly uh, received this word from the Lord based on the multiplication of the bread and fish. In the following event that came after the multiplication. In all the Gospels that describes this miracle of Jesus, the following event is Jesus walking on the water. It is a mighty sign. It is a wonder. Like something that you cannot question that is only God that can do in your life. We understood that 2020 was a year of the miraculous, but 2021 will be the year of signs and wonders. And today, I want to share a word that has to do of how to actually make this year, experiencing this year, signs and wonders. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Bring revelation as we walk through the word God, I pray that everyone that is watching or listening to this message, we're going to understand and establish priorities in their lives. Father, help us to find this good soil where we can flourish, where the potential growth in our lives comes to pass. I pray, Holy Spirit, that all the signs, wonders, And all the promises that in Christ Jesus, we have the yes and amen. Come to pass. And we be facilitators on this process. Speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen Amen and amen. We are insisting that you should sow good seeds in your life. The new year, you should be a powerful seed. To multiply and influence your environment. You have to control for me, please. So in the Bible, there are many ways that the Lord works. But the preferable way that the Lord chooses is working in seeds. When you go in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, God placed Adam and Eve in a garden. And said to them, keep it, um, guard it, secure it. And expanded it. That's the idea of grow and multiply. The idea is that the the Garden of Eden was not supposed to be in just a geographical location. But could take over the entire world. So God works in seeds. And God makes you a powerful seed. Let me go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 that says. He who supplies seed to the sower. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. The Lord is the provider of seeds. Amen. The Lord gives you seeds so you can become a sower. Now, what is the meaning of seeds in the scripture? There are basically three definitions of seeds in the Bible, we already press on two of these meanings since the beginning of the year. And the first meaning has to do with your generosity, 
Your generosity is a powerful seed. We insisted that mainly when we are encouraging you bringing your first fruit offering. We read, for example, in the same context of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the context is specifically related to finances. Look to verse 6. The point is this. I love when Paul opens a Bible verse like that. The point is this. There's no better way to open a Bible verse. The point is this. Like, let's no, there's no question. Let's just focus what I'm saying. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. What Paul is talking about? Seeds. What kind of seed? Your financial seed, your generosity. Verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able, pay attention, once he, look, the, the, the context that we just read before is that he provides us the seed, and now he gives us the chance to be sowers in the kingdom. And it's specifically about money. The subject here is about finances. But now, once you act in the same character of God, being generous, being a good sower, God is able to make all grace abound. Everybody says abound. So that's, that's the level of God. When you act in his likeness, he abounds he multiplies he brings his measure to you so that having all sufficiencies and all things at all times everybody says having all sufficiency say it in all things at all times that's the kind of fear i want to have i want to have all sufficiency in all things at all times can i hear good amen in the house that's the kind of year i want to have 2021 you may abound in every good work. The Lord provides in abundance. So this provision, this multiplication in my financial resources will result in good work. Just like Pastor Tulio mentioned. It is a larger car to bring more people and give a ride to your life group. It is having enough funds to, you know, support the snack and the food for your life group. And in the day that your team is recruited for our service flow and our welcome team, you are the first one to go in Publix and buy the best breakfast this church deserves. Come on, somebody. So because now this provision is not only abounding to you, but is also abounding in every good work. So why pastors insist in teaching on charity? Because there is no other way to enter in our financial prosperity and experience provision in abundance besides sowing. Now, it's not me saying that. Again, I don't want to press more on this point because we already preached on that in the 31st, December 31st, January 1st. We were insisting on that. But you have to understand that your financial contribution is a powerful seed. Amen. And the goal here is for your benefit. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6, the wise Solomon writes, In the morning sow your seed, and at the evening withhold not your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will 
be good. I prophesy that 2021, both alike will be good. In your life, all the seeds that you sow and keep sowing, all of them will be good, powerful seeds. So the instruction is, sow always. Keep sowing. Keep planting. In bad times, sow. In prosperous times, sow. It is not about us. It is for your credit. It's not for the church. Have fancy stuff and useless things. Just because. No, no, no. It is for your credit. Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, I'm not saying this for my benefit. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your Credit. I love the word credit here because we as Americans, we understand how important it is to have a good credit, right? Like without a good credit, you cannot achieve much things like assets and belongings in this nation, in this country. Now, Paul gives us a way to increase our credit. It's like I said, it's just to increase your basket, increase and enlarge your barns. How are you going to increase your contentment to receive from the Lord more? How you do it? You give. Verse 18, I have received full payment and more. Paul is saying, I'm already satisfied. I am well supplied. I really don't need more. So you are giving, not, not to me. But I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. I know you guys, Philippians, are giving to me, but don't miss the point. Ultimately, you are bringing a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And that's a misconception that a lot of people lose during their, their process and their discipline of giving. Whenever they are facing a trial or circumstance, they stop to give. And, and the devil deceives them with this idea. I cannot give to the church anymore. You never gave to the church. You are giving through the church. I told you guys that in the last year, we increased 38% of all our givings. We were able to give almost $40,000 in missions endeavors around the world. So you don't give to us. You give through us. Verse 19, and my God, and my God will supply Every need of yours. Say amen here. That's what I need for 2021. I want all my needs supplied. And Paul again insists that's the way that God have your allowance. You yield to God when you sow a powerful seed of charity and generosity. Not according to your needs, but according to the riches of uh, of his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Verse 20. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Everybody say amen and amen. That's how your financial seed is uh, considered by God. It is a powerful seed. Number two. The second definition for seed in the scripture is your word. Like our words are powerful seeds we insisted on that in the last message how many of you guys were with me last message and we insisted the importance of keeping your words in a wise scripture-based manner Luke chapter 8 11 says now the parable is this the seed is the word of God so your word is a seed 
We've learned that what we say matters more than what we feel or think. Because we live in a sensual generation. And when I say sensual, I'm not, seeing, I'm not talking the sexual aspect. I'm talking in the level of our senses. It's all about what I feel and what I think and about my opinion. But careful, you don't need to say everything you feel and think. Only crazy people do that. You just keep it in your, in your brain. It doesn't need to be spoke out. We learned that and it's, it's worth it for us to remember. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 20 that says, From the fruit of a man's mouth. Again, the, the, the word fruits here is important. Proverbs 18 20 says, From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. Why the word fruit and, and, and mouth is connected? Because... Your words are powerful seeds. Say amen again. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Wow. That's that's a very strong statement. And those who love it will eat its fruits. So the best we can do is always agree with the word of God. That's the best thing we can do when we decide to speak something. That is so important that today I'm just going to review with you some elements that I brought last week. Because I thought and I think is very important. Because I want you to experience a year of signs and wonders. So sow seeds. Sow powerful seeds. Keep planting. Keep sowing powerful seeds. Be careful with your words. I said last week that that's why we should always bless. Always find a way to bless no matter what. Always bless. Even yourself. Like don't miss this principle because again, there are a lot of thinkings and thoughts and feelings in your brain, in your heart, in your soul. But whenever you speak, pay attention. Even about yourself, you speak blessings. Ephesians Chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those. And the word those here includes yourself. Say amen. It may give you grace for those who hear. I told you last week that the one that listens to you the most is yourself. You are the most that speaks to yourself. So always bless. If you can't bless it, it is better to be in silent. In silence. If you cannot agree in faith with the word of God, keep your mouth shut. It's not me saying that. I told you guys the example of... Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. You guys remember him. He could not believe the angel. What the angel did with him? Make him mute. Because in this case, it's better to be silent. You're going to just, you just create, you're going to be a hindrance for the miracle in your wife. So let me keep your mouth shut for nine months until the miracle comes to pass. I also said a second principle. Miracles are the result of faith generated by words. Never lose this point here. The battle is conquered by the words. 
Before the victory, there are always words of victory. Before the miracle, there are always words of faith. Say amen. Let me prove that to you. I proved very fast. I didn't have enough time. Matthew chapter 9, verse 21. The woman that has had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And this is how the Bible says how she got her healing, her miracle. The Bible says that she said to herself. She didn't post any social media. She didn't talk with the closest neighbor. She didn't call her mom and says, I think I'll go and meet this Jesus because he's sealing people. She didn't do that because probably a lot of people already discredited her. Already disbelieved there was any possibility of healing. But she told to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. And what was the result? Verse 22, Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. I thought it was her words. Yes, it's because before a miracle, you have to produce, generate faith through your words. Anybody's receiving anything this morning? Now, this is all from the past weeks, right? And the Bible says that instantly the woman was healed. So sometimes we are not supposed to share the words of faith with nobody, just with ourselves. Let me close this Second explanation or definition of seed. Speak continually. This is very important as well. I couldn't have time enough. But I have to insist with this. Speak continually. Psalm 35 verse 27. I'm going to read in two versions for you guys. Let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad and say Evermore. Repeat after me. Say evermore. 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 What? What should I say evermore? Great is the Lord. Yes, V. Great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. Let's go to the King James Version. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually. Say continually. What should, what should you say continually? It's not me teaching you this. It's not prosperity gospel here, guys. This is a simple word of God instructing us how we can enter a year of signs and wonders. What you should say continually. Let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. The Lord delights, enjoys to see his children experiencing prosperity. And I'm going to say this to myself continually. Because my father is a good father. He's a very rich. He has all that I need. And he delights. He has pleasure in blasphemy. Because I am his beloved child. It has nothing to do with me. It's because I am in Christ Jesus. And his perfect son makes me righteous. So I shout with joy continually. The Lord has pleasure in my prosperity in your prosperity what should you say continually in 2021 the lord my god has pleasure in blessing me come on somebody if you were receiving anything let me say this again because maybe you missed the point joshua chapter 1 verse 8 this is the instruction for joshua right 
at the edge of the promised land. Like I have this amazing promised land for you guys. What was the instruction? This book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. The word of God should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do, and I'll paraphrase, to agree, I'll paraphrase, to speak according to all that is written in it. So you keep the word in your mouth and be careful to repeat, to agree to resound according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous. Then 2021 will be a year of signs and wonders for you. And you're going to have good success. Finally, the third and last definition of seed in the scripture. And this is where I'm going to stretch a little bit more this morning. You are a powerful seed. That's the last definition that the scripture brings about seeds. Number one, your generosity. Number two, your words. Number three, you are a powerful seed. Can you say this to your closest neighbor? Just keep the distance. Say, you are a powerful seed. All right, maybe you say, what are you talking about, pastor? All right, let's go to the Bible. Matthew chapter 13, verse 37 says, He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, is Jesus. Jesus is explaining a parable. Verse 38, The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. Who are sons of the kingdom in the house right now? So you are a good seed. This is what Jesus is saying. You are a powerful seed. However, the weeds are the sons of the evil one. 39. And the enemy who sold them is the devil. Wow. So we're going to press on this aspect because you have to understand your role in 2021. Like, I believe the prophetic word upon us. I believe that God wants to make you an influencer. Wherever you work, God sovereignly arranged you to be around these people. So you could be a good seed wherever you are. He wants you to be this powerful seed that releases his life, his influence all around you. You were sovereignly arranged by God to be in the classroom with, with those classmates because God wants you there. So why don't you dare to invite your friends to your life group next week? Why don't you knock the door of your neighbors and besides offering help, besides offering a support... Also bring an invitation for your life group. Just be a son of the kingdom. A daughter of the kingdom. Welcome people in your life. Let them see how good your God is. And let your life testify about this goodness. Maybe the, the parable in the same context of Matthew 
has to do with all of us. Because Matthew chapter 13, verse 3, the Bible says that we are the sowers. We are those that spreads the good seed. And he told them many things in parables, saying a sower went out to sow. Like that's the, maybe the only thing you can do is just invite people, be around people, and be a good sower. You don't know which seed will prosper, will uh, yield, will bear fruit. But our calling is just to be this powerful influence wherever we go. Now, we cannot miss the point. There are good seeds, but also there are weeds. The good seeds and the weeds are disputing influence and territory in this world. So, this is a very important principle. Because when God wants to bless a person, makes that person grow, God blesses that person with someone from his part. And the devil, as a good imitator, just emulates what God do. The devil, what he wants to tempt, deceive, detour a person from the path, he also puts someone to influence that person out of the way of the Lord. Jesus call us, his church, influencers we are called sowers we're called ambassadors we're called salt of the world our mission is to be thermostats not thermometers all the point of our great commission is to inspire people so we should be the ones that determines the environment however we live in a time that the devil is also in this focus mission to raise up his influencers. Actually, in social media age, that's the name that those that has influence there, it's called. They're called influencers. And I had the chance to uh, look online to find the 10 most um, successful influencers in social media and I couldn't find one single man of God in the 10 the top 10 influencers those that has more than 300 million followers counting all their social media that's the top 10 there were no pastor woman of God a man or woman of God that would speak life only celebrities that post their useless um, and how can I say, empty lifestyle for us to be jealous about it and feel that we're all losers compared to their lives. Like that's, that's it, the 10 top ones. Maybe just for your curiosity, not that I don't like the guy because he's a really good athlete, but the number one is Cristiano Ronaldo, the Portuguese soccer player. He's the number one in the world. He's a really good athlete, but this is it. That's the max that he can influence. Making people uh, physically active. But I know I have in this house a lot of people that can give more than good health and athletic, athletic instructions. You can give life. You can share life to those that are desperate, that are depressed. But the Lord 
raise you up as the influencer of this generation. Our relationships are very powerful around us. Now, when I speak about these social media influencers, definitely uh, we look to them. Maybe we get jealous and feel, you know, like I just said, losers compared to themselves, to them. But in the end of the day, they are really not major influencers in our lives. But those close to us, those that we allow close to us, that are the ones that can really poison the soil of our lives. And you are a seed. Pay attention. Don't miss the point. You are a seed. And as a powerful seed, you also need a fruitful, a fertilized, a good soil around you. For months, I'm trying to deal with a spot in my yard that does that simply don't grow grass. Like the grass I sowed, I, I planted there, always die or get a different color. It's weird. It's just terrible. So until the, the gardener, the guy came and said, look, what you have to do is just change the dirt and put it on new dirt because it is poison. There's nothing like you can buy a brand new Home Depot fresh and green grass soil for your sod for your yard, it, it won't survive because the dirt is poison. And I was wondering about that. That some of you guys has all these promises, has all this powerful calling in your life, but you simply don't flourish. We don't see the fruits coming forth. Luke chapter 4, 18. And for what fell among the thorns, there are those who bear here, but as they go in their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Verse 15. And for that in the good soil, there are those who hear in the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. The soil determines how much you as a seed can fulfill your potential. So it is not biblical, but the old Portuguese proverb is true. Tell me with whom you walk, and I'll tell you who you are. This has a true aspect on it. Jesus was the most powerful influencer in the world. That God just made him a powerful influencer. However... Even being this powerful influencer, he could, he could not avoid some bad soil trying to choke him in. That's why, as strange as it may be, seem to you, look what the Bible says in one occasion. The daughter of a priest chief was very sick. She was 12 years old, and now this chief priest... Jairus asked Jesus to come to his house. Jesus is on his way to his house. And this is a story. While he was still speaking, they, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? 36. But over, over hearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler 
of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. In other words, don't pay attention to these naysayers, like these unbelievers. Don't, don't, don't even take heed on their words. 37, and he allowed no one to follow him. Like those that just said that, they won't come with us. Because they already declare, your daughter is dead. Just Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, they came to the house, 38, and the ruler of the, of the, 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 ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion. People weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. But they laughed at him. Wait a minute, I thought they were crying, yelling. Yeah, because that's the incoherence of the world. That's the problem of bad soil around you. They don't keep... A, a, a steady, even emotions. They laughed at him, but he put them all outside. Yeah, this is, the, this is the meek Jesus, right? The loving, gracious Jesus. You all get out of this room right now. I don't want any of you guys here. Why? It's because Jesus will have like limits in his healing power to heal the, the daughter. No, no, no. It's not about that. Jesus can heal. He made it miracles and signs and wonders in the most unbelieving and hard soil you could ever imagine. But he was teaching us a principle here. There are moments that in order to fulfill your destiny, you have to put out of your house people that just bring unbelief. Just bring depression. And bad words, it won't happen. These were never going to succeed. Just everybody got out of here and took the child's father and the mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. And the rest is history. Jesus breathed and called Talita and she came alive again and received the breath of life. That's sometimes what we have to do. So choose wisely who will be around you in 2021. A young man told me, that all his friends use drugs. He said to me that he was trying to evangelize these friends. That's why he made himself always surrounded by these drug user friends. So I asked him, did you have any success? He said, Pastor, honestly, I'm struggling now because even though I'm trying to share about Jesus, I myself, I'm struggling with smoke and sometimes I'm drinking. So what did just happen to this young man? Because some of those supposed friends, they were sent by the evil one. They were weeds to poison the soil around him. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sold them is the devil. You might ask, Pastor, but should I not be compassionate? Over my friends. Yes. Pray for them. Invite them. Be kind. Helpful. Always create a way to express Jesus. But if you perceive that that person is robbing you from your purpose. Simply move off. Respectfully get some distance. Unfortunately I have to say that sometimes you have even to choose who you're going to walk in the context of the church. Leave them behind. Sometimes that's what you have to do. 
your destiny, your call is greater than this friendship. Now, when I say that, I want you to look to the example of Abraham. The Bible tells us that Abraham was called to be the father of a multitude. He brought his father Terah with him. Genesis eleven thirty one. 31. Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son's Abraham's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Now, it seems that Terah, Abraham's father, was the one that was looking for Canaan for the promised land. But later on, the Bible explains the Bible. In the book of Acts, when Stephen is being stoned, he says something that it is biblical. He says, uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 2, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. I thought it was Terah. No, no. God had already spoke to Abraham in, before Haran and said to him, Go out from your land and from your kindred and go into the land that I will show you. I don't know why the language in Genesis chapter 11 plays Terah as someone that took Abraham with him. Maybe just for the sake that Terah was still alive and being the, the father, the, the, the head of the household, he had to be named first. But it is clear that as soon as Terah died, finally Abraham could move forward to his destiny. In the following verses of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 says, New King James, Now the Lord said, the Lord had said, in the past, had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Hallelujah. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And, you, and, all, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The only way... Abraham could move forward, could reach his purpose, was moving without his father, Terah. Look how curious is this. The definition of Terah is delay. When you look at the meaning of the word Terah, Abraham's father's name is delay. Some people are a delay in your life. They don't need, you don't need to say that to them. <laughs> you don't need to point your finger to them and say, you're just a delay in my life. But certainly, the Lord already showed you that some people you should simply move off from them because they are delaying your calling. What is said about this story is that it seems that Abraham, like us, he not learned the lesson. And he brought with him another sibling, another relative, his nephew Lot. Verse 4 of Genesis 12. So Abraham went 
as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So he brought it this relative, Lot. Now in a very short, in a nutshell, I'm just going to review with you. We all know that Lot was a pain for Abraham. Like Lot just create problems after problems. They had a family field because lack of pasture for their cattle. And now Lot departed from Abraham and lost everything and ended up living in a very wicked city called Sodom. But because he was in this city, one day the king of the city got in a battle and now Lot and his entire family is brought in captivity out of the land. And now Abraham that has nothing to do with this nephew, but unfortunately he brought up with him. Now he had to get his uh, workers that were not even like trained uh, soldiers and get into a war that has nothing to do with him. And finally, Abraham delivered him. Lot, instead of being humble enough to say, okay, uncle, I lost everything. I'm just going to live under your blessings. Lot decided to go back to Sodom once again. And you know the story. The wickedness of Sodom gets so high that God says, I just need to destroy that city. And without Abraham's intercession, Lot will be doomed together with the city. We know this story. Lot is another problem. Lot is this, this is another soil that is preventing Abraham to flourish, to fulfill his purpose. The definition of the name Lot is covering or veil. So it is interesting that as soon as they departed from one another in Genesis chapter 13, as soon as Lot and Abraham separate their ways, the Bible says that the Lord said to Abraham, after, look, look the parenthesis, the scripture makes sure we have this understanding. After the covering, after the veil had separated from him, after Abraham was just focus in resolving family feuds over and over again. Now, Abraham, lift up your eyes because you don't have covers anymore. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Are you guys receiving anything I'm saying here? Amen. So your potential is very much determined by the people you allow around you. What you do, pastor? I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want to encourage disrespect. And the opposite. I think you should always express the likeness and the character of Christ. But it is a fact. Some people simply have to ignore them. You have to ignore them. Sadly, some people are part of our family. You guys remember last week I shared a story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. The battle between David and Goliath. Right before the battle. David bumped his shoulder with his older brother Eliab. And if you guys recall the moment. It's very strange because Eliab got really mad at David. And this is the story. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now Eliab, his eldest brother heard when he spoke to the man. 
And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. Why? Like, what, what is the cause for such anger? Like, come on, Eliab, you are here for 40 days listening to the giant's threat, and you did nothing, and I decided to go and do something about it. Now you are angry at me? And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Like, how dare you, Elia? Like, and that's the typical statement of poison weeds around you. I know you since you were a child. I know you in your teenage time. I remember you, how were you? And now they, instead of encouraging you to fulfill your destiny, these people just makes you condemned, afraid. What did David do? He did what I'm encouraging you to do. Verse 29, and David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? 30, and he turned away. Verse 30, and he turned away from him. First Samuel 17, 30. I forgot to put it there. That's the most important statement, actually. And he turned away from him toward another. What did David do? He just ignored him. Just move forward. Like, move, move on. Okay, Eliab. It was just a word. Thank you for your advice. But I'll move to my destiny. Sometimes the best we can do is just ignore this kind of people. We don't need to say anything to them. Simply, slowly, surely distance yourself. And again, I'm not talking on people that are under you. When I say under you, that you are meant to be their leader. For those people, you have the position of authority and influence. If they are discouraged, it's up to you to stay firm in the purpose and bring them with you. But I'm talking on those that you consider as a reference. Those that you call as a standard. Those that you permit in your life to speak directions. Be careful. Don't walk with people that dismiss and belittle your dreams in God. People that like to make jokes about your ecstasy experiences. Those moments that supernaturally the Holy Spirit gave you that, that north, that, that purpose, that calling. And you start to share with some people and they just want to sell you to the Malachites. Just like the brothers of Joseph. Like, you're just a dreamer. What are you talking about? Remember that God never called us, belittling us, giving us nicknames. When God changes our name, He changes for good. From Jacob, the deceiver, the liar, He became Israel, the prince of God, the one that wrestles and prevails with God. From Simon, a common name among the people at the time. Just a cane that's moved along with the wind. Now you are Peter. You are rock. You are steady. I call you to be a structure in my church. From Abraham, a great father, I'm calling you Abraham, a father of a great nation. That's how God speaks to us. So find those that speaks 
faith in your life. Find, find those that are of faith. Find your Joshua. Find your Caleb. The story at the people of Israel coming into the promised land. Moses, after almost a year at the, at the hills of Mount Sinai, sends 12 spies to check out the land. And now they're coming back with the report. And this 12 spies, only two were people of faith. The instructions of Moses is interesting. He says in verse 20, be of good courage. The second part, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. That, that's the instruction Moses gave to them before they departed. But when they come back, we have the 10 reporting, verse 27. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruits. However, the people who dwells in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Verse 31, then the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it, is, it out, it is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in in it are the great high. Verse 33. And they are. And there we saw the Nephilims. The sons of Anak who comes from Nephilims. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. How, they, how do they know that they seemed to them? Like where they found this information. Look there's worse. Like the, the, the bad report continue. Verse, verse 3 of chapter 14 says... Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back and apply for our slave curriculum in Egypt? Verse 4. Let us see if we can get our jobs back there in Egypt. Let us see if we can be slaves again in Egypt. Oh my goodness. I really don't want these people around me in 2021. Like, I can't. Like, I, I, I can't. Like, Moses said, just be of good courage and bring a fruit of the land. They, they brought the fruit, but they, they put a lot of other things on the fruit. Bad report. Unbelief. Even if they might not be the majority, you will find your Joshua, your Caleb. I'm looking for those to surround me. Those that do not deny the reality. Yes, we have giants, but the Lord is with us. Let's take a look at the difference of the kind of people you should surround yourself. This is the kind of people. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. He's not denying the giants is there. He's not denying there is already inhabitants in the land. What he's saying is, we're going to overcome it. 
verse 7 of chapter 14. And said to all the congregation of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out, it is exceedingly good land. It's not only good land, it's exceedingly good land. Verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. What a difference. Now he, he doesn't report that he is a grasshopper. They are a bread for us. Their protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. I know I have to end the service, but I have to say this to you guys. You guys receive anything? Can I push just a little bit more? I know we, we are at home here. I think we, I think you are receiving. I'm receiving. I'm receiving. So the point here is you just should prefer to walk with Caleb type of people, with Joshua character people around you. Not, again, there are naysayers everywhere, but just choose wisely. Allow those that encourage you to raise you up. The story of Peter coming to the temple every single day and finding this paralytic asking for a money, asking for alms and money. You know the story, Peter said, I don't have money. I don't have silver or gold, Acts 3, 6. But what I do have... I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Acts 3, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now pay attention on this point now. Because sometimes just an encouraging word is not enough. Sometimes a stirring up, lifted up word is not enough. I actually need someone pulling me up. The Bible says that the guy did not stand up. Verse 7. That's why in verse 7, he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately, his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and enter the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Find your Peter that on the sad day, they're on the depressed day. They're not going to say, yeah, the variant of the virus is worse than the first version. Right? COVID-19 2.0, we're going to kill everybody now. Like, I, I, why am I going to listen to that? Like, what? no, man, I'm here already down, paralytic, close to myself in my room. I wish to be around people. No, no, just give me your hand. Raise me up. Think about the friends of that paralytic that brought his friend through the roof in front of Jesus. If they were not able to walk, they would never be able to bring his lame friend. We need people that are not always sympathetic and empathetic with us. That's something interesting because we love to talk with people that have similar experiences with us. <clears throat> My dear um, Uncle Wildo, he leads the largest rehab homeless shelter in Latin America. And probably my uncle 
it's not able to differ what is cake flour and cocaine. Like, he never experienced drugs. But he supports and he shelters and he brings people out of this lifestyle. And he never had the chance to experience the same lifestyle in the past. Why? Because a blind person cannot help another blind person. A paralytic will not lead another paralytic friend through the roof. If you guys remember the story, my favorite my favorite verse on that story is verse 20 of Luke chapter 5. Verse 20. When Jesus saw the faith of the friends, their faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. And he was healed. I want to have friends that are able to bring me through the roof if necessary. Walk with people it will push you to your limits and always bring you to Jesus. Empathy is important, but God wants to walk with the right people. And to close my message, I want you to maybe find your Elijah. My last, last point here. Find new inspiration. Find new influences in your life. I don't have time to read for you guys, but we're talking on Elisha, a cowboy. Used to deal with cattle, chicken, and farm stuff. And this mighty prophet Elijah passes by his farm and talk with him and, and throw over him his cloak. The Bible says that Elisha did not hesitate. He got all the plowing equipment, broke it down, burned it, and made this huge barbecue with the cattle that he used to work with. And said, from today on, I, I will not be a cowboy anymore. I walk with a new influence in my life. And we know the result of that. Elisha received double portion from Elijah. Just because he placed himself with the right people around him. Let us always stand up. I didn't put it the verse there. Now he's a challenge for you, Lucas. But the last message. I said that God is calling us. With the same calling of Jeremiah. We are called to be prophets in 2021. Those that are going to speak the word of God. Those that will proclaim and resound the word of God. The call of Jeremiah is our calling. The call of Elisha is our call. Just find your Elijah. Just find your Caleb. Find your Joshua. Place yourself with friends that will bring you through the roof if it's necessary to make you walk. Just make sure that you find your Peter that will raise you up in the bad and sad days.
When we do that, Bible promises us that we will be prophet to the nations. That we will be strong in His might. And thus says the Lord, do not be afraid, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. With your eyes closed. Holy Spirit, I know you are moving and you brought light in our darkness. You took the veil out so we could look up and see the stars once again. And be remembered of the promises and blessings that are on hold on our lives. In our lives. God, I pray that all the promises that needs to come to pass now in God's speed in a haste suddenly comes to pass over my brothers and sisters lives Holy Spirit this is the year of signs and wonders God and here we are available as instruments in your hand so, Father, I pray for the soil around my brothers and sisters. I pray that you deliver them from the evil one. From those sent by the devil. Deliver them. Let them be influencers instead of being influenced. Let them be the salt of the world. Let them be ambassadors of Christ let your kingdom come through their lives now as usual every time we close this message I know the Holy Spirit is speaking with someone maybe you never thought about that but God influenced you today and move your heart to his love to his grace and I want to give an opportunity for whoever is listening to the sound of my voice to make room in his life for the most important influence a person can give in this new year inviting the person of Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior everybody